0: You're listening to Booth Talk from the After Movie Diner. And on this excellent episode, we have our roving reporter and frequent contributor, Aaron Carruthers, uh, who got to interview the director of the latest Bruce Willis film, Survive the Night, Matt Eskandari. And they talked about working with Bruce Willis. This is the second film Matt and him have done. Uh, They also talk about sort of the nature of making one of these low budget uh, uh, action films or drama films. Um, they get into their careers and their hopes and aspirations for the future and so on. Uh, this is a fantastic interview. I do hope you take a listen and enjoy it. And don't forget if you do enjoy uh, the booth talk interviews, you can find all of them over at uh, booth uh, or indeed on any podcast platform booth talk uh, from the after movie Diner station and if you do want to support us and uh, keep these interviews rolling in uh, then please do head over to patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash after movie diner and consider becoming a patron thanks so much for listening and enjoy this great interview with matt escondari director of survive the night with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
2: Hello, Mark, how you doing sir? Not bad, how are you? Very well, thank you. Um, cool. uh, I'll tell you right from the start, I'm Scottish, so if, if I speak to Scottish, you let me know if you want to find me.
1: No <laughs> worries, that's awesome, I love it. Wait, are you literally in uh, Scotland or where do you live?
2: Yeah, in Scotland, in southwest West Scotland, um, a place called Stenroir, Okay. About, about 17 miles away from Glasgow. Okay, awesome, and I love that.
1: How's, understand- how's everything? How's everything there right now with the whole pandemic?
2: Well, we've only had had no deaths in the last seven days.
1: Oh great. That's awesome.
2: So potentially it could if long people behave, then hopefully things might go back <laughs> to normal. Yeah,
1: that'd be nice. Yeah, they uh, they had to shut us down again in California. So
2: I was so gonna ask you whereabouts are, whereabouts were you were based? California. Yeah, no,
1: yeah, Los Angeles and Things were going better. They opened up, and I thought we were going to go back to a little normalcy. But I guess cases are back up, and now we're we're locked indoors again. So, kind of, kind
2: That's the best thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, it's good to you know, get back, but it's just kind of frustrating that you know we
2: can't get this under control. No, no, not yet. But I think it will happen at some point.
1: Hopefully. Yeah, no, totally I agree.
2: <laughs> okay. Hope so. Thank you, man. Hope So. Thank you very much for letting me the opportunity to talk with you. It's um, a pleasure. I'm a fan of your work. Um, I really enjoy Trauma Center and I really enjoy Survive the Night.
1: Awesome, awesome. Thank you for watching this. Have you seen Twelve Feet Deep?
2: Uh, no, not yet, because I'm obsessed with Bruce Willis. So I've just thought uh, um, I even got a whole big collection of uh, his films as well of Bruce Willis. Oh, okay,
1: cool. Yeah, yeah, no, done, done, totally. Uh, Twelve Feet really opened up a lot of doors. It was. Uh, it's about two girls trapped in a pool, and uh, I think you'd dig that one. It's a cool contained thriller.
2: Yeah, I, I like my horror films too. So, and uh, I see Tobin Bells in that as well. So, yeah, I'll have to track it down.
1: Totally. Yeah, it's not necessarily a horror film. I'll, I'll be honest, and and he only has a very small role, but he's uh, I play with his uh, his sort of co- the conventions of that and in, in the story. So you'll see him and check it out.
2: Right. Okay. I'll I'll track it down as soon as I'm finished. I'll go into Amazon and get it. <laughs> okay. Right. How did the oppor- opportunity to direct Survivor Night come about?
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a process. Uh, I'd uh, just finished Twelve Feet Deep, and uh, you know, shopping around the next script that I wanted to direct, which was the long. It was ori- originally called The Long Night. So we were shopping the script around. Lionsgate really liked it, so they jumped. You know, they jumped on it, and uh, we started working on the, the development for the script a little bit. And at that point, I wasn't aware that we were going to be casting Bruce, but I got a call from the same studio and they said, oh, hey, by the way, I know, you know, you're shooting, you know, the long night, survive the night in a couple months or in a few months. But uh, we have this other script that the director fell through on, Would you be willing to read it and give your take on it. And by the way, Bruce Willis is in it. And I was like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, it's, called, it's called Trauma Center. And I'm like, oh, OK, let me let me let me read it. I didn't know at the time it was almost like a test uh, to see you know, how my relationship with Bruce would be because they wanted to cast him and and survive. So so I read the script and I thought Trauma was a cool, fun, sort of throwback 80s chase thriller. Very much had like a diehard uh, quality to it, diehard in a hospital. And I love mm-hmm. that it had like a strong female character in the center of it. And, um, and I just thought it'd be a fun, tense thriller to make. And and so yeah, so then uh, you know I went in and then pitched my take on it. We ended up going to Puerto Rico. We shot the whole movie in Puerto Rico in uh, twelve days, which was insane. And um, got to that was my first chance getting to work with Bruce, and it was a learning experience too you know, to see. Okay, so the you know how do we max? Because you only get to work with you know in these kind of genre films, you only get Bruce for a certain amount of time. So it was sort of like a learning process to see. How, um, how I was able to maximize uh, that shooting time and get the most uh, out of Bruce for for the next film. So it was, you know, once we finished Trauma, came back, finished Post, and then went right into uh, pre-production for Survive the Night.
2: Okay. Um, do you know that actually Trauma Center reminded me of a film called Vis- Visiting Hours?
1: What what was the film?
2: Visiting Visiting Hours.
1: Oh, Visiting Hours. Oh, okay. Is that like a, a classic it's film? A,
2: or? It's a Canadian horror film with Lee Grant in the lead. It's all set in a hospital. She's been really? harassed by,
0: she's been harassed
2: by um, Michael Ironside and yeah. uh, William Shatner's in it as well.
1: Interesting. I might have to check that out, Visiting Hours, huh? Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I might have to check that uh, out. What other films or other forms of media inspired your approach to how you filmed Survive the Night?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it was, it was a process. I mean, so once, you know, once I had finished trauma, and uh, had that experience with working with Bruce and, you know, and knowing the limitations of, you know, the, the production schedule. So on survive, it would actually, it was funny we had 12 days on, on uh, trauma center and then on survive, we had 10 days. So it was like, I lost two days. So I was like, geez, it's going to be even harder. Thankfully we were shooting, uh, on a farm, in Georgia. So it was a limited location. So we found this great, amazing farm, great family that let us shoot there. And um, really, I just it was a process of trying to see, you know, how, you know, what parts of the story, I wanted to really kind of challenge the audience a bit with this story. It wasn't just I, I didn't want to just do every other random kind of home invasion movie that we've seen where these you know masked killers show up at a house and torment the family and then the guys die and that's it you know what I mean because I feel like a lot of home invasion thrillers they focus just on the family and the other side of it is just they're just faceless evil or something right so I was like all right what if on this story we see both sides of this sort of like tragic event where yeah our guys are, are they're not good people right I mean Jamie and Matthias aren't good guys they're very much flawed uh flawed people that are obviously have led a very dark path led them to this very dark path but at the same time i want to force the audience to kind of not necessarily empathize but at least just kind of look at it from their angle a little bit and kind of explore the story from that side of it just to see you know how far these two families are willing to go to uh, To save the ones they love. So that was really part of the process, was kind of challenging myself as a filmmaker to tell a story in a different way and add some layers to a kind of story that we've seen many times before.
2: Yeah. Well, um, my next question was about the shoot. So we just talked about the shoot. and um, What was the biggest challenge you faced during production? Was it the schedule?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was. I mean, it was... <laughs> Is it shooting a movie in ten days? It's uh, it's more of just a physically and mentally draining experience because, as a director, you're forced to really maximize every second of shooting time. There's no time to second guess yourself. There's no time to, you know, try something weird or different or what would happen. If it, you, there's no time for that. You have to be editing the movie in your head as you're shooting because every second that you waste is potentially time that you'll never get back. So it was, you know, so we were dealing with the schedule. And then also Georgia is, um, is not the most pleasant weather at that time of year. So it's it, ironically, it started raining and it started, you know, we started having lightning storms, which was, wasn't in the script in, uh, initially funny, funny enough. So as we start, as it started raining, I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess we're going to add the fact that there's rain in the movie now, you know what I mean? So I guess that's a part of the story now. So yep. you just have to kind of, you know, there's there's no other way around it. So as things started kind of coming your way, you have to be able to think on your feet and adjust the story for what, you know, for the situation that you've been put placed in.
2: It's pretty much like uh, Larry Cohen and Roger Cohen. Roger Cohen would do, they would, if situation arises or a problem, they would include it into the script. So that's a totally. good way of taking it. Um, yeah,
1: hi. Uh, no, totally. Okay. I mean, I, I know Roger Corman. Also, uh, you know, he's known for making these sort of like tight, fast genre movies, and you know that was kind of the model back in the day. And I think today a lot of uh, you know, a lot of filmmakers could learn lessons from that for sure. Too,
2: too right. Too right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is the second time you've worked with Bruce Willis. Can you talk about how you direct him and the other and the other actors?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, for, for working with Bruce the second time, one thing I learned was the first time I worked with him, obviously I, I saw that, you know, he likes doing action. I mean, it's Bruce of course, but I also was kind of surprised. I didn't know this. I know he'd done like uh, one of Bruce's, uh, one uh, film that not a lot of people know that Bruce did was this film called in country. And, oh, wow. um, uh, I don't know if a lot of people have seen that. It's an amazing, it's an amazing little small dramatic film. And, not a lot of people know this, but Bruce really likes doing intimate character, emotional driven kind of stuff. And I didn't know that either. But you know, once I did Trauma Center, I noticed that he really gets involved in those kind of scenes in trauma, like when he was doing those, those scenes with uh, Nikki Whalen in Trauma Center, he really turns it on, right? He's just like, he Mm -hmm. really gets involved. And I was like, Oh, wow, Bruce, Bruce likes doing this kind of just like, talking kind of emotional stuff. I was like, we need to do more of this in the next movie. So I went back and rewrote the script for survive to make sure that there was those elements um, in the script. There was some real emotional drama. There's mistakes. And I noticed as soon as he showed up on set, I could just sense his excitement, you know, because he'd read the script and he was like, he, his manager was like, Bruce really likes the script. And I was like, Oh, nice. Okay. This is going to be a pleasant experience. So yeah, and then Bruce he just every you know he was he was excited to to have fun and play and you know just contribute and he's like any actor you know he's uh, he wants to be kind of guided through his through a vision for the story and how we're how we're going to kind of all bring it together and and he's just he's you know when you see him on camera it's one of those things where a lot of times you think that uh, you understand what makes an actor a great actor but until you see him and you see him on screen and it's just there's something about him where he's it's just i don't know if it's behind the eyes or it's just something there your eyes are just drawn to him there's just he he can talk with his eyes is what it is and i can't really describe it really great actors can do that they can just tell you a story with their eyes and bruce is just one of those people that he doesn't need to say anything he just look at him and he's telling
2: you a story so it's beautiful <laughs> Um, may I would recommend, I watched uh, a film but Paul Newman he was in called Nobody's Fool the Weekend. Oh, oh it
1: really? really okay.
2: It's fantastic. It's him and Paul Newman in the same film. It's like, we're fantastic together. They're kind of oh. antagonistic kind of... Um, oh, really? We're yeah.
1: I gotta check that out. Yeah, I just came out with this list of like my top favourite uh, Bruce Willis films, but I'd have to check that out. Yeah, that sounds... That sounds. I, there's no way I've seen every film he's
2: done, he's been in like 50 movies. I, do you have a favorite
1: sequence that you got to direct in *Survive the Night*? That's interesting. Uh, obviously, uh, the there's a car chase in the film, and that was my first time having uh, you know a chance to do a car chase. Mm-hmm. So that was a sort of fun, uh, fun uh, challenge, especially given the the incredible, crazy schedule that we had to try to squeeze in a car chase. Was uh, was definitely a challenge. I mean, literally, we were doing. We the only way we were able to pull it off was we had the stunt team kind of like prep the entire car chase first and then I showed up on set and then I basically we we actually shot it all so and then and it started raining while we were doing it so it turned into this thing but that ended up being a lot more fun and, and I thought and I was sort of surprised how well it, it kind of all cut together and added a nice little jolt of energy to the mm-hmm. film at the right time so I thought that that car chase car chase really helped because there's a lot of kind of dramatic moments in the film and a lot of just character moments and it was nice to have something in there just that jolt of adrenaline at that point in the story and i thought it really
2: helped uh help that sequence okay okay um is there much involvement from your producers in terms of how you direct the film and it's a type of and this is the type of film where you can have final cut is it just like
1: um, no definitely not I don't have final cut yet so it's one of those <laughs> things but it's <laughs> but it's it's a process because ultimately uh, you know on a on a film like this even though I don't have final cut it's a back and forth with the producers in the studio yeah. and it, and it's not like I turn in the film and then be like all right guys let me know let me know when you guys are done with it when you guys edit it all together and I hope to I hope it's cool no it's a process they'll come back to me with notes I'll go back to them with why I think this thing shouldn't be cut. And, you know, it's a back and forth. And if I just, and I can justify things and elements in the story, then they're all about that. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, all right, man. Yeah. You're passionate about that one moment. I get it. We're going to keep that in there. And honestly, it's helpful getting notes from from executives and producers sometimes because you're so, you're so into the film that you sort of lose objectivity. And by the time you're done with that, you know, that director's cut, you turned in, you want to get an opinion. You're like, you know, you're like, does this story make any sense? Does it work at all? You know what I mean? So it's actually refreshing to get, uh, you know, another perspective. And I trust, and I trust the, uh, you know, the producers. I mean, they've made a lot of films. I mean, they're storytellers too. Mm -hmm. They, you know, I I mean, I wouldn't be working with them if I didn't trust their, their creative choices, you know? So, I I mean, I, they've done plenty of films, so they, they know the same process. So it's, it's definitely uh, it's a back and forth, and it ultimately the film, the final cut of the film, is a cut of the film that I'm proud of, and you can call that director's cut because ultimately that's kind of what it was. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of changes.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um. Why is why is there a certain snobbiness to the action movie movies that you direct, the kind of genre B movie type? mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, why I you think it's a stubbornness? Because I see a lot of time, oh, Bruce isn't just doing this film for the money, blah, blah, blah. But if not, uh, genre film is entertaining. And it does have a place amongst art films as well. Totally. No,
1: I mean, that's, that's the thing is um, a lot of times uh, we live in a sort of world now where everything has to have some sort of uh, political message or something. and and then, mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, look, sometimes it's not about you know, the current day political messaging and a story. Sometimes it's just about an entertaining story with timeless classic themes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, with our film, at least it's just, it's a father-son story. It's about family bond. You know, it's about, uh, you know, how far you're willing to go for the person that you love. I mean, there's, there's a lot of like timeless themes in there and that's, those are the kind of stories that I tell, right? I mean, I'm not necessarily trying to tell a story that, is specific to this moment, which a lot of times those type of uh, stories they date really quickly yeah. because it's something that only resonates with people right now on Twitter or something. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Everyone on Twitter is bitching about this, so let's make a movie that is around this specific thing. So that's not the type of stories that I tell, and it's not the type of things that I connect to as an artist. And I know that there are artists that do, but for me, that's just not it. And um specifically with the uh, with the action genre and with the film genre that you know that i'm in it's also you know it's challenging i know bruce you know and you know over the last few years has made some films that you know that aren't that great and i think you know the film journalists or the critics instantly as soon as they pop in the film they i feel like they're just already prejudging it and they have this like bias towards it where they're like oh it's just bruce he showed up for a day and let me see what the like, no, man, just watch the film, you know, like give it a, give it a chance first, you know, to be before you judge and, um, and, uh, you know, and, and, see, you know, this is something different. And I feel like a lot of times that kind of stuff with a, with time, that sort of like bias disappears and maybe, and I'm hoping that maybe in 10 years or 20 years or wherever, you know, maybe people will look, look back and, uh, judge a film without that sort of bias so they can look back and see like, oh, what were these Bruce did like 20 movies at the end of his career and you know which ones were good and which ones were actually interesting and hopefully this will be one of those where they'll look at and be like oh wait a second that was a a little gem like whoa this is interesting Bruce is actually in like 50 minutes of the movie he's got a character arc and you know it's an interesting story so I'm hoping that without that bias that hopefully in the future people can kind of look at
2: it with fresh eyes I think he reminds me of uh, Charles Brunson kind of later Mm -hmm. Charles Brunson there were some hotel films in his filmography, but there was some gems in there as well. Totally. Um, but, um, yeah, well, thanks very much. Um, where did your desire to work in the film industry come, come from? And who, and what are your favourite films and directors?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I went to, um, you know, I wasn't sure necessarily I was going to be a filmmaker, but I went to film school, I went to USC, uh in college, and uh, for college, and I studied film. I kind of just started like getting involved and took some introduction classes, and then I realized, oh wow, this is this is what I want to do. This is my passion. And then really from there, it was um, you know, it was an exploration process where I started kind of shooting shorts and learning about my voice and how I tell stories and what kind of genres I connect with, and uh, you know. And, there's so many directors that have inspired me over the years in their films. I mean, everything from John Ford to Kurosawa to Spielberg, um, you know, to Tony Scott, Tony Scott's one of my favorite directors of all time. I mean, I can watch, you know, like Top Gun and uh, man on fire Domino Like I love Tony Scott. So and I, it's funny is I actually interned at his company while I was at film school. R. S. A. and R. S. A. films, so you know it's it's just one of those things. I mean, as a as a filmmaker, you have you know other filmmakers and directors that inspire you, and you definitely take little bits and pieces of their style, and subconsciously you incorporate that into your own film language for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I was at film school. My inspirations were Sam Raimi, Sam Peckinpah, and uh, ridley Scott.
1: Oh, I love that. So, oh, yeah. I love them all like to me gladiator is is a perfect movie flawless Mm -hmm. untouchable such a good movie
2: okay um what movies are you currently working on Uh, what can we look forward from you
1: yeah definitely so the last film i just did uh, it's wrapping out i like to call it the the escondari willis trilogy so i just wrapped out the last film with bruce it's called hard kill it was called it was originally called open source but the distributor changed the title, so it's called Heart Kill. And that one is more of a—it's uh, a totally different film than Survive. It's more of a uh, heist, shootout, action thriller. Totally, totally different genre in terms of um, the the tone of the film too. So it's—it was—it was—it was a fun project. It was a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of fast-paced action, and um, it was a cool kind of uh, different uh, thing to do right after doing Survive. So. We just finished that. They're gonna be releasing a trailer very soon. It might actually come out this week. And okay. then after and then after that, really just uh, just trying to get out there, trying to get the next projects going. Obviously, this whole pandemic has kind of kinda of thrown everybody. For, involved, yep. So we'll see. <laughs> sure we'll see been. what
2: happens. Okay. Um two, it's two more questions and then that's me. And I appreciate your time you've given me here with you. Yeah, no. Of um, course. Okay, is there a genre of movie, book, or franchise you'd love to tackle? Ooh, that's
1: a good question. Yeah, I mean, I would ultimately love to do, um, God, a franchise. A James Bond movie would be a dream come true to do. like uh, true, right? right? Yeah, that would be a dream. But also, <laughs> yeah. if I could choose a genre, probably, uh, what is it? A uh, Like a superhero movie. Something, something mm-hmm. from Marvel or DC would, be, would definitely be a dream come true.
2: I recently interviewed uh, Chris Corpold he's a effects uh, producer for James Bond. And I was there oh, like wow. a kid. He was I was such a geek. And I was like, oh ask him all these questions, it was amazing. Um oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Um, okay, and finally, um, what was it like working with eighties legend Steve Gutenberg on Trauma Center?
1: Oh, Steve Gutenberg? He was uh, he was incredible, man. I loved him. He was uh, it was one of those things where I wasn't uh, I didn't even know he was casting. the, it was like a last, like some casting thing fell through and we were literally in the, in the process of, uh, of shooting the film. And, um, on day, uh, I think it was like day three or four. Um, he shows up on and they're like, Oh, you're working with Steve. He, we cast, um, you know, Gutenberg for the, for the role of the doctor. And I was like, Steve Gutenberg, like police Academy. Like, wait, what? So he shows up on set and I'm like, Oh my God, it's Steve. You know? So we really hit it off. He's an awesome guy. He's uh when you meet him in person, you can tell why he's uh he's just like a funny person. Like he's just always joking. And, and I'm like, he's just making me laugh. And I'm like, okay, I get, I get why this guy's like a comedy acting legend. I mean, you're just around him and he's making you laugh. I mean, some people are just gifted, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he's talented. Love that guy.
2: Yeah, I, think, I think, if I was meeting him, I think I'd ask him to sign my DVD of Can't Stop the Music. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible film, but it's it, it's really cheesy. But I like it. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, well, that's me done. Um, thank you very much. And I wish you all the best for your career and the rest of, rest of your work.
1: No, appreciate it. Thank you so much, Aaron. It was a pleasure to chat. Thank you for, uh, you know, for the reviews on the films and give me a chance to talk about, you know, the process.
2: No worries. Thank you very much, sir.
1: Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thank you, You too. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. (laughs)